This is Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. And, like, normally when they, when this stuff blows up on the internet, me and you, like, bash the crap out of it because right. being stupid. Well, do you remember way before Force Awakens came out, we made fun of that rumor about Luke's hand. The floating hand. The floating hand. <laughs> but there was truth to it. Because what drove the mystery of Luke? The lightsaber. So I'm sure that was probably in some very early draft. They had the idea that someone would find his hand with his lightsaber. <laughs> and when the internet got a hold of it and made fun of it, JJ's all, fuck. God, God damn it. Now that people are saying this out loud, that does seem awful. <laughs> <laughs> Rewrite this immediately. <laughs> Warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. On your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a medical droid to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right, hello. Welcome to the show. Star Wars from the back to tank coming at you live. Yeah. I am Michael Flores, your host. There might be some new people coming in with all the content we're putting out. I'm sure it's got to be bringing in some new people here and there, seeing those hashtags clicking through. I, I hope anyways. I haven't seen our hard data yet from our ranking company. Since we've started doing all these shows, we've put out over 10 shows in the last two weeks, three weeks. So we're doing a lot. How are you today, Dave? Back to water feels great today, Mike. Yeah, I turned the temperature up, so we're a little warm and cozy. It's a little bit, it's a back to jacuzzi today. It's a back to jacuzzi. Yeah, we want the bacteria to grow a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Dave, we have a lot of things to get through we have a big week ahead of us as well. Uh, we have Star Wars news that we're going to get through today. Uh, Tuesday, we have Star Wars trivia. We're going to be playing a game of sorts, testing our Star Wars knowledge. And we're going to use it as a way to beta test a possible, I don't know, format that we can get listeners involved where we can give away prizes. Yeah, because that's the... the- that's the one thing that me and you want to definitely work on is more. We want to actually interact more with our listeners. We want to bring them in because I bring see I see the click throughs. The traffic is amazing. The rankings are great, but we want to bring you guys in. We want to converse a little bit more. We don't want you being so elusive. Uh, then Wednesday, we have Legends Wednesday, which is a huge hit with our listeners so far. And we're going to be delving into Marvel Star Wars Number 16 from 1977, yes, which is where Bailart Valance was first introduced. 
and it will serve as a platform to discuss other Legends heroes that could work within an ongoing comic book series and or TV movie. That'll be a very fun discussion with a lot of fanboy isms. Oh, absolutely. I, I honestly think that this that episode will probably be the biggest fanboy moment for me because that character. I know, Dave. Has turned into my favorite this I past just, year. Just remember, keep in mind as you're talking that it's Jacuzzi Bacta and we don't want that bacteria. <laughs> you in, don't want floaties. No, we you don't. don't so just calm down. Thursday. Our Patreon exclusive shows will be getting into Vader Dark Visions 1 through 5. So the entire storyline, the entire run, we're going to be breaking that down, discussing it. And then Friday, we're going to continue our Clone Wars discussion with a discussion on one of the worst episodes of Clone Wars of all time. Believe me, you don't want to miss it. Just because it's a bad episode doesn't mean we can't make it funny. So we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 8, Bomb Bad Jedi. All right, Dave, let's get into Star Wars news today. You ready? Absolutely. All right. So Disney launches free trial in the Netherlands with existing content only. So they're letting people in the Netherlands try out the service, Dave. Why are we not being able to do that? <laughs> I know. I'm like, going, hey, I can't even get a hold of their PR us? company. <laughs> I mean, their PR company doesn't even return an email. I'm like, hey, can we get, uh, you know. Can we get some media passes to your or a media a media password for trial? I mean, we have Netflix, we have AMC, we have uh, Fox, we we have Disney as well. But hey, nah, we're not going to return your emails and we're going to ignore you. Meanwhile, let's send all of our screeners to Collider. <laughs> People hate Collider. People hate Collider. Why? Why? Why can't we get some respect? And now the Netherlands. Hey, I'm Mexican. You know, let's play up our race. You're Filipino. I'm Mexican. Give some minorities a chance. All right. <laughs> quit, why, quit. Quit. why is the Netherlands special? I'm going to even I'm going to double down on this race baiting. Quit putting us behind a wall. <laughs> Enough. Let me out. Let me have critical freedom. So Disney Plus has gone live in the Netherlands for free. Until November 12th. After that date, the service will cost $6.99 a month or $6.99. That's an interesting typo there. If you're in the U.S., uh, it'll be $6.99. Before you start mining the internet for the Mandalorian spoilers, that's the first thing I started doing. I'm like, okay, let me see if I can change my... (laughs) What what, what do you change your IP? Is that what you do? I think it's a region. You have to change your region. Yeah, let me change my region. I have a setting uh, in order because we do a lot of work with uh, with data. So I have a setting that will change where it looks like my Internet's coming from. <laughs> so let me mask my IP and get into Netherlands. That's immediately what I thought. Unfortunately, the Mandalorian content is not uh, uploaded. Uh, yes. It's only the existing content that Disney has. All of their movies, their episodes of television that are already out. None of the new content is available yet. So the Netherlands, you know, they're not getting all of the goodies before us, but they are being able to try out and navigate the new system before any of us. Yeah, they're able to actually test the tech. And that's what it is. It's just this is a this is a demo run where they can actually see if the interface is actually user-friendly. Because the biggest thing that could happen, I mean, Disney has a lot riding on on this. If any bad PR, any more bad PR hits them, this could be a game changer if it just 
fizzles out. Yeah. And, and like, they have to be really careful how they approach Disney plus because they're putting a lot of, they're putting their eggs in one basket. Literally. Literally. Yeah. Now the verge did release an article, Dave, which will give us hope that gives us hope. I released an article written by one of their staff living in the Netherlands who detailed his experience and aside from lack of new content, he says, I think Star Wars fans will be pleased. Uh, writer Thomas Ricker of The Verge downloaded the Disney Plus app across multiple platforms and dove into the existing content offered. There is a lot of content offered on this free Netherlands trial, but it's not certain what exactly will be available when it launches November 12th. Fans excited to see the entire catalog of Star Wars films may have to wait for a few titles to be grandfathered in like The Last Jedi and Solo, A Star Wars Story. Story, And and that's to be expected. I believe you and I discussed that uh, a few weeks back. It's not going to be included for a while because there's already contracts pending. They have deals in place already with Netflix and various other outlets. Yes. So it prevents them from ripping them from the other distributors until the contract expires. Once that happens, you will see Disney having complete control of all content. And this is one of the things that I've been, I was really worried with from the get go that Disney plus might be a little slow at first because you don't Disney. uh, While Disney has a large catalog. Everyone says, Oh, their catalog of, of content is huge. It really isn't when you think about it because the only things that they got to lean on right now is Marvel films, Star Wars films. You mean high profile stuff? Yeah, yeah. high profile stuff. I mean, yes, they have. Well, they're going to own- have all of that. They're going to have all of that. The only thing they're not going to have is the new stuff. And on launch day, they're going to have The Mandalorian on launch day. On launch day. And they're going to have, I believe, I'm not, a, this isn't a Marvel show, so I don't have all my facts in order yet, but I believe they're going to have a couple. Marvel shows also available on launch day and not just live action, but various animations as well. Yes. So they are going to give people a huge bargain. Imagine Dave, you subscribe for one month and that's it. Or yeah. you do your free trial. Cause I'm sure they're going to offer a 30 day trial. You just received tons of content, potentially worth thousands for free. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely doing this right i believe their launch will be done correctly there's going to be some bumps i'm sure there's going to be yeah of course it's a new network you're dealing with a new network essentially forget streaming app for a moment it's a new network now disney this isn't anything new to them they have various channels and this is old stuff to them they've been doing this for decades with the disney channel but from the streaming side, this is a new experience. So I'm sure there will be some bumps. Ricker goes on to describe, though, that it's a very intuitive, elegant app to browse through the Disney catalog of titles and properties. They've also corralled all of their 4K Ultra UHD content into one section for viewers looking for the peak viewing experience. Okay, Dave. So unlike Netflix, so hold on. This is actually a pretty good fucking deal. Netflix charged you for UHD content. Yes, it did. They charge you additional. Disney is including UHD content within the regular subscription. Were you aware of this? 
No, I was not because like I know that Netflix actually charges more. So the ability to actually give you right off the bat. Wow. UHD content. For six ninety nine a month, Dave. This deal keeps getting better all the time. It's the opposite of Lando's deal that he made with Vader. This deal keeps getting better all the time. Yeah. So the only thing that's going to break the enthusiasm around Disney Plus is a bad rollout. Because yes. right now, as is, how everything looks, looks like it's going to be fucking amazing, to be honest with you. And I'm trying to be positive here. I know we, we've been giving Disney a lot of shit lately with their stutter stepping when it comes to Star Wars. But from the Disney Plus side of things, it looks like they have their ducks in a row. They have their ducks in the row. I mean, the only thing that could actually possibly hurt them is if I, I I'm I'm willing to even say even if one of the series is bad, that's well, it's okay. gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. But if if they have all their their all their series are bad, then you got a huge problem. <laughs> Imagine they're all their series aren't gonna be bad. That's awful. Imagine they like oh this is shit and this is shit <laughs> and this is shit. I'm sure there are gonna be people that and I can't are, imagine that it. are gonna hate on everything. There's yeah. a few people on my Facebook feed who refuse to be excited and they're like, I'm protesting. I'm like, why are you protesting? Because streaming services are just bad. They're destroying things. I'm like, well, I, listen, like this is where this is how I'm not happy with it either. I feel like it may destroy theatrical exhibition someday. It could. It's a, it's an industry changer. It's an industry changer. And we have industry changers every 10 to 15 years. It happened with VHS. It happened with DVD. It happened briefly with LaserDisc. It happened with the launch of Blu-ray. I mean, an entire industry just, what was it Sony and, um, what did Sony have? High HD. And then there was, um, yeah, HD and Blu-ray is what they Blu-ray, had, right? Yeah. Sony won out. Microsoft's version of of HD quality died out. There's always companies that fall. There's industries that rise, industries that go the way of the dodo. That's what happens. Protesting it isn't going to do anything. It's not going to do I, anything. I've never understood people that protest. Something especially because this is this is a good thing. You're creating more content, more creators have the opportunity of being creative and working. You're creating jobs, job stability. There's more opportunities for people who want to write within the industry, that want to direct, that want to work within editing. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. And that's why I always wish that when people come up, come to me and actually complain about the oh, state of the industry, I'm not going, well, I'm gonna protest. tell me why. I'm going to protest this is your stupidness. Thing. Why is it a bad thing? Well, and it's always basically, well, it's getting rid of this. Yeah, it's getting rid of this, but you're also getting this. Just like what you said, more job, more jobs are opening up thanks to the streaming industry. Yeah. My only problem, and let me just refresh everyone's memory, Dave. My only problem with Disney of late, that how I've been bitching, is I'm afraid that the Mandalorian is going to be too good. The bar gets set too high. And they ca- that's the catch 22 for me, though, because I want it to be good. I have a feeling that it's going to be fucking amazing. And that's the problem, because then Star Wars may become a TV property. That's my issue. Yeah. I want movies. That's the, my only complaint. But outside of that, everything that's going on with Disney Plus is exciting. 
Exactly. The the I mean, you're not alone in that aspect with, about that complaint, but at the end of the day, that complaint is just as a fan. As a fan, we don't like the fact that you know, the way we view the industry is changing. That's normal. But nowadays I just I just can't I I just can't argue the fact that Going this route is actually better for the industry as it as a whole because it opens up create it opens up the industry creatively it opens it up financially and yeah. there's a lot of positives there's a lot of positives yeah. to it yeah absolutely all right so John Favaro says the Mandalorian is an opportunity to bring in all elements and eras of Star Wars. Now, of course, those words have been taken by many blogs and fans out there who are just rabid over information and nuggets, and they have ran away with it, (laughs) of course. Oh, my God, we're going to get this. We're going to get that. I feel like Favaro meant that in a spiritual sense. Spiritually, we're going to capture the heart of the many eras of star Wars. If you like the prequels, we're going to have the prequel feels. If you like the original trilogy, we're going to have the original feels. Favaro and Filoni working together. That would make perfect sense. You have two guys that really do understand star Wars and they understand it from a fan's perspective. Yes. These are two fans who happen to be also great filmmakers. And because of that, you're going to get something that really does represent the larger pie of Star Wars. It isn't going to be such a a niche part of Star Wars, something that may not appeal to everyone. For example, Last Jedi didn't appeal to the masses, the mainstream, yes, but to the fan base of Star Wars itself, it was very, it was, I would even say it was split. It was fractured yeah. all over the place. Now, EW asked if characters like Thrawn or a Legends character like Mara Jade could find their way into the Mandalorian, and Favaro gave the most professional and smart answer possible, according to StarWarsNewsNet.com. He says, I don't want to talk about anything that might be fun for people to discover. We do have conversations. Part of what's fun to see if we could merge part of the part of what's fun to see is if we could merge the worlds of the original trilogy, the prequels, the sequels, the Clone Wars, and what's been considered canon up to this point and what's been considered part of Legends. I think this show offers an opportunity to bring in all those elements. So no matter what your flavor of Star Wars ice cream you like. There will be something to enjoy. But he says, you're asking the right questions. Dude, that's exciting. That's exciting. And he's, I, I want to be clear. He's not saying no that Thrawn and all of the EU stuff is coming back. He's saying this is a place where we can play in a sandbox. A Star Wars fans. We have a Star Wars sandbox. Yeah. And we have been allowed to do certain things. And in this sandbox... We have the liberty to go this direction. We can go this direction. And that may include some elements from the prequels. From the it prequels. may even include some elements from that 
talked about, sought out Legends box we always talk about. That's pretty much what he's saying. He's not saying Thrawn's going to be this definitively. He's not saying Mara Jade's going to be it. He's saying we have the liberty to go in pretty much any direction we want. In any direction we want. And at the end of the day, it's it, it's still going to be Star Wars. It's going to feel the tone, the everything that me me and you have always harped on about like it has to feel like Star Wars. It's got to feel good. It's got to feel got to feel good like the first time. Otherwise, it's just another sci-fi series. Yeah, and, That's and it. it will. I mean, come on. We're dealing with Filoni and Favreau. I can't imagine them saying, all right, let's roll a camera. Let's make sure this feels like Battlestar Galactica, right, guys? Yeah, Remember, exactly. Battlestar Galactica. And now, like, this is going to be Star Wars. It's going to be Star Wars. And it, it's funny that you mentioned that basically every single blogger just basically, oh, confirm. Oh, going to be in it. Mara Jade's going to be in it. It's it's Mace Windu. Mace Windu will finally have his due in the Mandalorian. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, there's so many blogs that pop so up like blogs that. Pop up like Bob that. says Thrawn could show up. What? How you did didn't you say that? that? How did you get that? And but this is what the people like Favreau and Filoni and JJ have to deal with. They have to deal with the fact that their fan base is rabid, and when they get rabid, they get a little special. Yeah, I would. You know how you can silence everybody? Be like, you know who's going to be in this? I'll tell you one thing. He's all. You're not going to believe this. I just got permission from Disney. I'm Favreau. Remember, Dave. We're going to introduce Bombad Jedi. <laughs> No. What do you think? Really what do you guys no. think? What do you think? What do you think? I think it's a brilliant idea, don't you? No, I can't. And you? then I would just like walk away. Like, <laughs> report that, motherfucker. He's <laughs> embarrassing. Dude, if I was a producer, I would be making up straight up lies. On the, oh, I would have so much they, fun, dude. They ask questions they already know you can't answer. So I would give them the most ridiculous answers. I wouldn't be rude. I'd be polite. I know they're doing their jobs. But like... Yeah, you know who's going to be in the Jar Jar? We're definitely looking forward to that Jar Jar episode. So, and I just smile and then walk away. And then, or you know, I, I really, I really am uh, enamored by uh, a character like uh, Kip Duran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kip Duran. <laughs> All right. All right. See ya. Uh, I would also, just we're gonna have, We're also going to have Luke's hand reprise his role. <laughs> just going to be a hand. Have you ever seen um, Vampire Hunter D? You know how his hand talks to him and has power. Yeah, we're thinking of doing that. It's just called Luke Skywalker's hand. And and, and, and he eats things like and, the Sarlacc pit. He just kind of. And that's how, you know, Ray's going to have connection to the forces because she'll have the hand to connect to Luke. Yeah. And then on Lonely Night, she uses that hand. <laughs> oh, wait, did I say oh that God. out loud? That, We'd was, have so that, was, much, that was the porn parody I was writing. My bad. We'd have so much fun messing with like journalists if we oh, were yeah. like producers. I'm like, let me tell you something here. We're going to have a Jedi Jawa. Tell anyone, all right? Tell anyone. You didn't hear it from me. I get out of here, you crazy kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have so much fun. <laughs> the art of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has been, or I should say the first images of the book cover has been dropped on us. Jeez, and Dave, it looks gorgeous. It's magnificent. I almost jizzed my pants. <laughs> it looks like, Dave, we're going to get everything we ever wanted in a Star Wars 
video game. It looks like it will just based on that cover. With a cover like that, how are you not going to get into deep lore? It's spooky. It's eerie. It has. It's almost like Dante's Inferno. Oh, my God. Yes, you're right, Dave. Where it's like you look at it and you're like going, what the hell am I looking at? There's there. It's so much dark imagery. The imagery is amazing. It reminds me a lot of the, again, we've been talking about this a lot, and it's because it's amazing. It looks a lot like the Dark Horse Tales of the Jedi run. It does. It, it honestly has does. those notes, the notes of the sinister Sith. Back when we didn't know anything about the Sith, and they were just mystery and a whisper. And we didn't really have much on them until the story of Frida Nod and Exar Kun within the 93, 94 Dark Horse comic book run. And that's what this resembles. It resembles the more mysterious side of Star Wars, delving into the deep lore, the aspects of the Force. And this is what we want. This is what we want. And I'm hoping they don't disappoint. And I'm sorry, you know, like... The, Why are you sorry about it? Don't apologize. I'm sorry for the mess that's in my pants right oh, now. Oh, <laughs> but like, Dave, we have a the jacuzzi mode on right now. I told you <laughs> the bacteria is just going to surge and grow. But like, the imagery of what I'm assuming is the the, the Sith that are around uh, around our main character, and like everything's dark. You have the, this. That's racist. Really, really, <laughs> the colors of red for the Sith is just blazing everywhere, and then low. Right in the right in the center is our main character just wielding this blue lightsaber. Yeah. The light surrounded by all the darkness. That is basically Dark Horse Comics storytelling right there. Like the whole story about the the XR Kun and everything was like XR Kun was supposed to be this last beacon of hope surrounded all in the darkness, and the darkness envelops him. And when you first sent me this image, I was like going, this has like really heavy mystical tones to it. Yep. I'm really excited and I'm going to get this book. I, I told myself I'm not going to go crazy anymore with the spending for Star Wars, but I kind of have to. The official EA Star Wars Twitter account has revealed via IGN that a limited edition of the Art of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order will be released on November 20th for a retail price of $79. And I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care. I'm going to buy it. He says, if you don't care about the limited edition, according to IGN, the standard version of the book will be a more modest $39.99. But the way I look at it, if I'm going to dump 40, what's 80? You know what I mean? Like, eh, I'm just going to get one. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I'll get... Maybe I'll get one for the show and we'll use it as a giveaway. That would be a fantastic idea. You know, because it's definitely an expensive purchase and it may get some listeners really excited. Maybe we'll give away the special edition. I say we should, especially that's a little coaxing for all of our fans out there to interact with us. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, dude, I'm really exci excited, not just for this book, but seeing some of the images that are coming out because of the book, I'm really ex getting excited for that game. 
That game has... I was already getting excited. Now I'm stuck. I tried to now tailor myself. Dude, That's the I, thing. I, I know. I don't want to get. I don't want to get let down by this game because. Or let's so, face it, Star Wars video games have not been good. We're such abuse victims. We're like, yeah. he, he promised he was going to hit me. He promised that I'm, I'm going to stay with him a couple more weeks <laughs> to give him a try. But and, Dave, both versions of the book can be pre-ordered now on Amazon. I'm going to post some links. If you guys decide to purchase these, please go through our links. Help us out. Um, we are affiliated with Amazon. So every time you purchase something through those links, it actually helps us earn a few bucks here and there. Uh, we'll drop the link within the podcast description in this show, as well as the website itself, RaymanDigitalMedia.com, when this show goes on demand. Now, like all Art of Star Wars books, this one will take you into how the games look developed and evolved from early concept stages through production from IGN. It says featuring detailed concept art of the all new characters, weapons, equipment and location that will be featured in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The art book will also contain a behind-the-scenes look at the production of the game, complete with artist commentary. The main difference between the limited edition and the standard is apparently going to be a cover and slipcase inspired by ancient Jedi tomes and an exclusive gallery-quality lithograph. The art from this from the art from this project, Mike. I'm going to send this to you right now. No, I, I see it. I have it. No, not just that. What's in this book? Okay, this is. Uh, I'm sending you an image right now of it. But what, like, you send it Discord. Discord. But this is one of the images for the game, and I'm like going. This game is just, I hate this game because it's getting me Holy so hyped. Holy shit. Is that it's the getting, cover of the video game? That's the cover of the video game. <laughs> I'm like going, All right, this gonna... game has me so hyped because I'm going, so you mean to tell me. Let me see if I can. You're going to have a Padawan on the cover and have Darth Vader stabbing him in the back. Hold on. Let me see if I can. the lightsaber coming through him. I can cast this. Okay. But. God damn this game. Respawn, do not let me down. Don't let me down. Because the more you hear about this project, the more it has me hyped and hoped that we can get finally a Star Wars game that can rival the Star Wars games of old, that can actually rival Jedi Outcast, the Jedi Academy. All those games that we love this game will stand on that pedestal and say it belongs there. We finally have a star Wars game that we can hold, hold up and say, Hey, remember the days when star Wars force unleashed was just everything that everyone was talking about when it came out, this is what star Wars needs. When you get promotional material like this, you get trailers, what we got released at D 23 and at E three, you are setting this game up at a high pedestal and it's got to succeed. So just this last image that I got, that's the cover of the, that's the cover of the game. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's really good. It's good. So I'm, I'm really, I'm trying to still tailor my anticipation for this game, but the more that's coming closer and closer to fruition, I just hope it doesn't fail expectations. Yeah. It I'm going to post these links also on our 
It cannot, on our page. It cannot be a mediocre game. It just can't. And I tailor the, I, I say this after me and you have covered like Vader Immortal. Vader Immortal was an amazing game. No one talked about it. But my God, the imagery in Vader Immortal was amazing. And that is what, uh, I believe so. One sec. Oh, it's not charged. But I honestly feel that me and you were harping about Vader Immortal that not enough promotional material was being put out for it. And it's a shame because it's a really great, it's a really great story that they were telling in Vader Immortal. They have to bring that type of storytelling to this. And if they do, hey, A plus respawn. You got it. You're our heroes. You're this you're the Star Wars saviors of yeah. everything. It'll be interesting, to say the least, to see how all this plays out because the imagery has me sold. <laughs> I'm more excited I saw that for one, this. That one last image, and I'm like going, Jesus. Wow, they're going this dark. Yeah. It's good. I couldn't get the image for a video, but I'll I'll post it within the description as well so people can see if they're watching us on YouTube. Man, Dave, a lot of great things, right? There is a lot of great things. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. scams on the street since I was 10. I was kicked out of the flight academy for having a mind of my own. I'm going to be a pilot. Best in the galaxy. Hey, kid. I'm putting together a crew. You in? That's yes. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Please, uh, Lauren, we got a gem something. from Florida. Uh, okay. Pensacola woman mistakes 37 week pregnancy for bad Chinese food. <laughs> what? <laughs> she was actually 37 weeks pregnant. She was on the verge of giving birth to her second son. She's already been pregnant before. You so this idiot. is like, how? Were you drunk the entire pregnancy before this? Probably. So uh, she called off work at 5 a.m. And an hour later, as the pain worsened, she woke her fiance up because they needed to call an ambulance. The stomach, the stomach pains were excruciating and I could hardly move. I think it was about 6.30 a.m. Wake when- up. This goddamn orange chicken's ripping a hole in me. Hold on. Wake up, Jed. Wake up. Oh, my God. I eat too much at the local Chinese buffet. I told you too much of that moose shoe pork was going to do this. Oh, please. I, I need to go to the emergency room. Oh, please. One time. It escalated so quickly that I was having contractions and we figured out kind of what was going on because at first we really didn't know what was going on. But there was a doctor that... She said it was possible for a woman to learn of her pregnancy just hours before going into labor, but in her 20 years of practice, she's only witnessed it three times. Oh, please. Oh, 
something's happened to my, my bowels. My bowels? You gotta take me to the emergency room, Jethro, please. I don't know what's happening. Uh, oh, all right, golly, get, please, get in the goddamn please, airboat. Please. We'll drive on down to the For local. For some reason, the Chinese buffet's coming out of my pussy. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Help me. For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. become pregnant with uh, Anakin and the, the mother basically makes the comment it, she doesn't know. I touched myself once with a, with an old lightsaber I found. <laughs> it's a How did you become pregnant? Well, I, I found an old lightsaber and I, played, I rubbed it on myself and poof, I was pregnant. <laughs> Listen to the Star Wars from the back to tank. Night replay Monday through Friday, starting at 1 a.m. Pacific, only on Rain Man Channel 001. Listen from the Rain Man digital app or tune in. Just search RM Channel 001. This is madness. So, Welcome back, everyone. Don't forget, Back to Tank is five days a week, Monday through Wednesday, free for all listeners. And if you want the full five days, Thursday and Friday show, head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Digital, and pledge $5 or more a month and gain access to literally, I think, hundreds of hours of Star Wars content that we already have there when you pledge you don't just get the new stuff that we started doing this month you get our entire back catalog of shows that we've been doing for what two and a half years on patreon yeah so you'll have a lot of content to sort through all right dave so let's talk about star wars resistance just a bit the new season is just around the corner and we are planning a star wars discussion around our expectations for season two to kind of get listeners ready for the season two premiere. We're going to talk about the pros and cons of the first season when it got better, uh, what hurt the season and the pitfalls that Justin Ridge and his team of writers can avoid in order for season two to be a huge success. Now, season one is currently available to purchase via Blu-ray We'll drop some links for that as well within our episode description. Click through. And not a lot of excitement around the premiere of, <laughs> C- of or I should say, the debut of the season one Blu-ray. Dude, the Resistance has turned into the Rodney Dangerfield of Star Wars. They can't shows. get no respect. They can't get no respect. I mean, come on. The, the At Star Wars Celebration, your panel gets cut. <laughs> I'm sorry there. I know. Right when it was getting good, they were going to talk about their plans for season two. Two. And what happened? Dead mic sounds. D23, the home where Disney's supposed to showcase all their upcoming franchises. You get nothing. <laughs> you get a blurb, a trailer, a simple trailer to to get you hyped up. 
was their feedback. <laughs> that was their feedback. And like, honestly, did me and you not like the series in the beginning? No. Resistance wasn't that great coming off the gates, but they finished strong. And that was the whole thing. They had to finish the series on a strong note and get fans excited for season two. Ended up being a decent Star Wars story by the it end. Did. It just took so long to get there. And that's their biggest problem. They lost so many potential fans after the season premiere because I, I, I know some of the writers listen to our shows and I don't want to insult them no. because they are talented. But the premiere was awful. Awful. <laughs> I don't don't care if it was for kids or not. You can still review something for what it is and review it favorably. It happens all the time. Look at the Disney cartoons, the Disney movies. They're reviewed by adults. And they're reviewed favorably for the most part. Because for the most part, they're written well. Yes. The premiere of Star Wars Resistance was awful for any age. My son refuses to watch it. The Target demo is not invested in that show. Exactly. That's the problem. Even the Star Wars fans like ourselves, I'm like, okay, well, we don't like it. What about the Target demo? Do they like it? No. (laughs) It was a problem, but they fixed it. They fixed it through the second half. By the second half, they managed to create a show that was very interesting. Unfortunately, it took too long. And it was it's like night and day, Dave. They went to winter, they went to winter break, they came back, and it was like a different show. Oh, absolutely. Me and you actually were shocked when the winter break came and then we got the mid the mid-season premiere, and where we were going, Hey, you finally hit your stride where you finally said, This is our story. And you made a character who we all were like smacking our heads continuously at that point yeah and you make kasuda really hey, relatable the falling <laughs> the falling <With> the, <laughs> ah! <laughs> and you took that character and you made him really likable i'm sorry to say this the, the kasuda actually was likable by the end yeah. i was like going well they had making smart decisions they had a good star wars show on their hands and that's why i'm a little disappointed that they announced that season two will be its last. I was disappointed. Oh, I, because I was I, scratching my head at that. I felt like they had a good thing going finally. They, the end of season two was great. It was an amazing cliffhanger. The sky's the limit. There was so much potential. And then they're going to end it. And honestly, if the first season was a huge success, they would have ended it. it has nothing to do with the Skywalker saga coming to an end. Yes. It has nothing to do with that. I know some of the producers are like, well, it's logical that this story would end at the same time that Skywalker story would end. No, it wasn't. No, there's <laughs> this story really doesn't have anything to do with Skywalker. No, you it, can do anything with this. You don't have to just have, you know, the Skywalker presence or Kylo Ren's involvement. You can deal with so many different things. You're in a whole other area. You can do whatever you want with this show. They're ending it because the show essentially got canceled. Let's yes. let's really let's really let's dive re- into it and actually be honest and say Disney. They, did, they messed up. They messed up. They messed up at the beginning. Uh, it, the greatness of the show, unfortunately, will not be found by many of the audiences because they won't give it a chance. I've spoken to so many Star Wars fans that did try to like this. They're like, man, I wanted to like this so bad. I watched it four episodes 
and it never got better. And I said, well, go back and watch it. It gets really good during the second half. And they're like, no. Same. Yeah. Like, no. And I they don't just refuse. I don't want to watch it anymore. So, all right. That being said, there is an article that is challenging the way we view Star Wars Resistance uh, comparatively to Rebels. Ooh. Okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, right. five reasons Star Wars Resistance is already better than Rebels. And five, why it never will be. It looks like they can't commit. <laughs> Just like every Star Wars fan. And this article is taken from Screen Rant, and it was actually written by Matthew Ruddy. Uh, in the new era of Star Wars content, some of the best stories have come from the animated television series. I would agree with that. Yes. Star Wars Rebels debuted in 2014 and largely kicked off a new age of Star Wars. Airing a season and a half worth of episodes before The Force Awakens hit theaters. Rebels ended up resonating well with most fans, culminating in a thrilling and satisfying fourth season. After Rebels ended, Lucasfilm wasted no time rolling out a new animated television series, this time in the form of Star Wars Resistance. That six months before The Force Awakens, uh, Resistance explores a different type of period than Rebels with an entirely different cast of characters. Despite this, audiences inevitably compare Resistance and Rebels on a frequent basis. Well, it would make sense. It would make sense, yes. It would absolutely make sense. Especially because- when, Dave, when Dave Filoni came out and backed Resistance. Everyone was like, oh, okay, this is going to be the next Rebels. Yeah, we didn't expect it to be the same. I don't ever can... I don't do... I don't judge anything on that. I don't base my dislike or like of The Last Jedi based on... The Force Awakens, although you do compare the two because yes. it's logical to compare the two. Yeah. While it's not completely fair comparison as Rebels is over and featured four complete seasons. Yeah, but also the first season of Rebels didn't struggle to connect with the audience. Has nothing to do with it being a complete story that we can now analyze yes. at, at all. There are some worthwhile comparisons to make between the two series at this point. Here are five reasons Star Wars Resistance is already better than Rebels. So let's see if we're going to agree with these. All right. Okay. Already better. Consistent inclusion of movie characters. Now, here's the thing about this. I thought about this because I, I, I read this article ahead of time. I thought about this and me and you were always harping how Poe... And Leia just seem wasted throughout the entire thing. Yeah. So you can include all you want, but if you're not using them and you're wasting their potential, then why is that a win? That's that's mine and your argument. I mean, However, tell, yeah, go ahead. I can see the reasoning that basically, hey, at least they gave us those characters. Those characters made sense why they were there. Uh, why, why? David, we hated we, it. Did, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. You remember we got mad that Leia. And, oh, don't remind and me. Poe Dameron were like, you're a fantastic spy. spy. He's never been a spy. <laughs> Hey, Poe, or hey, Kazuda, you fly a ship. Would you like to be a spy with no training? Come on board. Join the resistance. I (laughs) I know. I don't know. I don't even know if I can trust you. But hey, come on in. Report to us. But awful. The thing that the thing is, at least when I look back at resistance, I'm not asking my question. Where was Leia Organa this whole time? Leia was there. She made dumb decisions, but she was there. Okay. All right. I don't really think that's a win. Also, I feel if anything, it's a crutch. 
Um, I that's how I see it. But George Lucas has said it best. I see what you're doing, a lot like what I'm doing. But what are you going to do differently? Yes, new characters, new ships, new planets, and yes, Resistance has done that. But I don't feel like a win can be decided based on you including characters. Now, those characters are very relevant to the intricacies of the narrative then absolutely i would consider that a win but honestly remove poe dameron out of the equation and leia and you have a story about kasuda trying to fight uh, a tyrannical like force yes i mean a tyrannical uprising is what he's fighting i mean you can do that without them so they're not really needed number nine never will be the villains early on his first season rebels introduced a new and formidable antagonist in the form of the grand inquisitor Less formidable, but still a legitimate threat. The show also introduced the relentless agent Callus, who served as an effective enemy until he switched sides. This meant that even before established Star Wars villains like Darth Vader or Grand Moff Tarkin made guest appearances, Rebels already featured strong villains created specifically for the purpose of the show. And this is this is one I do agree with. Season one of Resistance is drawing to a close and they still don't have any formidable Formidable villains created exclusively for the show as Commander Pyre, Major Von Reg, and Kragen's Pyre crew just don't feel that threatening. So this is a a, a reason why it's not as good as Rebels. Is, yeah, that's so why. So I see what he's doing. And, okay. and I agree with that. I agree too. Because, How many times have we said that? I'm like, there is no bad guy. There's no threat. threat. What the hell's going on? And especially since you had the potential with Von Reg and, and Pyre, who honestly... When you first introduced them, I went going, oh, man, these guys are badasses. But did they do anything? They did nothing. They did nothing. But that also goes right back to the introduction of Phasma into the Resistance storyline. She did nothing. So that goes back to his number one or his number 10 consistent inclusion of movie characters. Okay, well, they included Phasma and she did absolutely Absolutely shit. shit. All right, number eight, already better characters, unpredictable loyalties. I would agree with that. Yeah, one this, of the, one, this was one of the ones that I did agree with too, because like it's one of the highlights of of Resistance, where it constantly had you questioning what are the characters' motives. What are it, it felt like that spy film of old of the noir films that you constantly go, are they on his side? Are they are they doing the right thing or are they doing the wrong thing? Yes, that I agree. That's a win. All right, we got to move through these fast. We're almost at the end of the show. Yeah. Never will be the core characters. Rebels had a really strong group of core characters. The ghost crew comprised of Hera, Kane, and Sabine, Ezra, Zeb, and Chopper had a wonderful chemistry together, were likable, and developed beautifully over time. I agree with that. And they're saying that Resistance will never be able to match that. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Already better, influencing the Skywalker saga. Aha. Long before Rebels began, the original trilogy films were already set in stone. Uh, taking place between the two trilogies, Rebels was heavily restricted in the ways it could influence Skywalker saga, especially since characters like Kanan and Ezra are never mentioned in the original trilogy. With Resistance airing before Episode Nine is released and much of the backstory for the sequel trilogy still untold, Resistance is able to influence the Skywalker saga more than Rebels ever could. Okay. I agree. I agree with I that. I don't know yeah. if that's necessarily a better thing that i don't know if that actually makes the show better but i i will give him his his win there his win especially now, with since we know season two will have kylo ren show up yeah number five never will be continuing the clone wars uh, that's goes without saying 
Number four, already better, a more unique animation style. This one is the one hmm. that I, I wanted to ask you about because I remember in our first cover of Resistance, you weren't too much of a fan of the art style because it was yeah. so anime-like. I, on the other hand, I actually like the art style because it accentuated the ships and all the technology seemed like anime. And it felt really cool seeing that kind of like, oh, the technology looks sleeker. It looks newer. It looks. I'll, I'll give him that. Like the time period. I can't is good. disagree. I mean, it is cool looking. So I'll, I'll agree with that. Number three, never will be little connection to the force. Yeah. Yeah. But also at the same time, this story can stand it on its own feet. It doesn't need the force for this show to work. That was the whole point of this show. So yes, this is very, this, this right here is very subjective to him as a fan. And I'm obviously a very similar fan because yes, the thing that I loved about rebels is the deep mythology of the force that we received in star Wars rebels. It was one of the, some of the best outside of clone wars loved it, but objectively speaking, resistance is something very different and that's not really a fair comparison you're not dealing with the force necessarily yes so that's number 10 i i thought i was gonna hate on this article i don't i don't hate it i don't hate it it it, it brings up a valid point that resistance should actually get some more respect that i don't think fans are willing to give oh wait i i missed some dave hold on i missed some Oh, yeah, there's two more. Okay, already better. The Stormtroopers. That one I do agree with. Stormtroopers have been a significant piece of Rebels and Resistance as both the Empire and First Order relied on them. And Rebels, the Stormtroopers, mostly remained faceless and were easily defeated at times. Okay, he says this was partially achieved in the new new Trooper episode where a Stormtrooper was held captive by Kaz and company. And the episode actually did a pretty good job of humanizing. I agree. I actually like that as well. So this guy's list isn't as bad as I thought it would be. Number one, never will be the primary setting. Uh, Just as the planet Lothal served as the primary setting for rebels in season one, the Colossus station on uh, Castellan has served as the primary setting for the first season of resistance. Both settings have their merits, but at times the Colossus can feel restricting as a setting. I I agree though. You agree with them? I I disagree. Because the Colossus, the Colossus to me was more intriguing than Lethal to me because like the Colossus. Yeah, because you're dealing with something we've never seen before. Lethal had force gateways and force attuned animals. We've never seen a battle station that can We've never seen a planet connected by nature. But the Colossus is the Colossus is a moving fortress that can go from Go write an article. Is is essentially the Death Star that can move from planet to planet. (laughs) I am not saying it isn't cool. In fact, I believe in the second or third episode in Resistance when they introduced uh, those creatures that work below. Below decks. I forgot those creatures, but they were like tortoises. Yeah. I like their inclusion and the fact that they were ancient and they have been a part of the Colossus for decades and decades. You get the sense that this ship is old and it has unknown, almost like bottomless. Uh Uh-huh. But unfortunately, they didn't explore it. 
they didn't explore it. We saw it once, and they mentioned these tortoises and how ancient they are once. Once, yeah. So I agree with this guy yet again. Lothal was magical. It, it was so fantastic. In fact, now I want to watch it. <laughs> and I think I am, because this concludes this week's discussion on Star Wars, all of the updates and news. We will be back Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So get ready for a lot of Star Wars. And please consider pledging to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Digital, and pledge $5 or more a month and gain access to all of our shows. And even if, hey, it's just too much Star Wars, if you just want to help us out, like, hey, you know, it's just too much shows. I don't have time to listen. Consider pledging $5 regardless. And those shows will be there when you're ready to listen to them. You can accumulate a little bit of a library. And at the same time, it helps us. If you listen to us week in, week out, obviously you like us. Help us out. Help us continue to deliver high quality content and discussions about one of your favorite fandoms. Right, Dave? Absolutely. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, yes.